And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, <laughs> when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the incomparable Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Arch Obler is our host for a terrifying ghost story on Lights Out. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular songs, and a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Janine and I will try to name that tune. Right, Lisa? That's right, Carl. We have Janine on the phone right now from Bolingbrook, Illinois. Hi, Janine. Hi, Carl and Lisa. How you doing? Great. Great to have you. Good to have you on the show. No, I said it was great. So oh, it's okay. better than good. It's great. All right. So we've you got yeah, <laughs> we've got some great songs as well. So Rolling Stone magazine has a list of their top 100 songs. I chose six that I particularly appreciate. And uh, we'll see if you guys can name the tunes. Yeah, all right. So as soon as you recognize the title, just shout it out. Happy Halloween, Janine. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween year. We're sitting outside by a fire. Awesome. Oh, nice. Awesome. Are you warm enough Perfect out there? Night for this. Is it yep. warm enough? It really is, and there's no wind, so that's perfect. Any Roma wine there with you guys? Or? Not Roma. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but some other stuff. <laughs> no, I, I've got all the supply of Roma wine that's left. Yeah. There's nothing left for anyone else. <laughs> so, All right, so I'm going to play the first song. I don't we know. We just shout it out? You shout it out. Do you want to know the year, or should we just keep that Sure, give us the year. Uh, this was from 1957. Ooh. Jailhouse Rock. Yes. Oh, Janine. That was quick. Janine. Elvis Presley wow. for the film Jailhouse Rock. It uh, was released on a 45 in you know, September Janine, of 1957. If I didn't have arthritis in my shoulder, I would pat myself on the back. <laughs> I got that too. You were too quick, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, next song. Yeah, it's because I used to impersonate Elvis as a kid, you know, I'd be in, on stage, and so I know all his songs. And you, you, do you have the moves, too, Carl? Um, not so much. Not so much. That's what not I was so wondering. Not so much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> next song, 1969. I saw her today at the reception. Mm. Nope, nope. Um, no, it's so close though. It is the Rolling Stones. There it is. Oh, That's it. Got it. 
It is the Rolling Stones from their 1969 album, Let It Bleed, written by Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Janine got it. Was I on tour with Mick Jagger at this time or no? I think you were. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah, I don't know why you didn't get the title. (laughs) Janine gets my crazy humor, right? (laughs) Janine gets my... She gets it. I think it was just before the Springsteen <laughs> tour. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, and then yeah. and then with Michael Jackson after after that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to keep up, really. Yep. And then Madonna. You get what you need, though. You get what you need. All right, so we're tied up. All right, here All right. we go. Tied up. Here's another great tune, 1969. This is a... CCR. It is. Britain's Clearwater Revival. Um, Fortunate song. Yes. Fortunate song. Yeah, yeah. she got it. <laughs> Great job. That's exactly right. From their album, Willie and the Poor Boys, November of 1969. Wow. Love this song. song. I know you do. Great job, Janine. Man, he's got such a great voice, is not he? Got that gravel. I would think fast on your song. What's that, hon? You gotta think fast with your song. That's I know. right. You know, if I could sing as good as is uh, Fogarty there, I would give maybe the tip of my um, of my, like, a, like a cuticle. I'd give a, I'd give a cuticle and part of my fingernail. That doesn't make sense. No. No. All right. Okay. You know, some people are like, I'd give a thumb. I wouldn't give a thumb, but I'd give like a cuticle. Who says I'd give a thumb? I don't know. Okay. Somebody did. I, I would give a thumb. Somebody okay. in the world has said that. I, I can guarantee know. you. I don't know about She's that. so difficult, Janine. You know, she gives me so much. He makes up things that she make no sense. She gives me so much trouble. I don't I mean, know what you're talking about half the time. I'm just nice nodding and smiling. Once. Wondering one, just what one Saturday, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's because when you get it right, you're happy. And when you don't, not so much. So is... So does Janine have three and I have one? Or she is... has two and oh, you have okay. one. Uh, two. Okay. Here we go. 1957. Uh, great Balls of Fire. Yes. Great Balls of Fire. Caro got you on this one. Uh, recorded by Jerry Lee Lewis. Get this. The song sold one million copies in its first ten days of release in the United wow. States. Wow. Oh, and they said he died. Yeah, he just yep. just passed. Yep. You're so Why did you ever tour with him, Carl? Uh, you know he he wouldn't let me. No. He wouldn't let me tour with him. No. Crazy. I don't understand yeah, why. Yeah. I don't know. Too bad. So crazy. Great balls of fire. All right, so I think it's two to two. All right, two two to two. two. Here we go, guys. Ready? Okay. This was first recorded in 1955. Blue suede shoes. Yes. He got you on this one. So, first written and first recorded by Carl Perkins, a a fellow Carl. And Carl then with Elvis, a C, yeah, okay. with the C. Right. And then Elvis Presley recorded "Blue Suede Shoes" a year later in 1956. I have wow. my I have my blue suede sandals on. Oh yeah, they <laughs> they look good on you too. Thank you. Matching socks and all. I mean, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I can Janine. tell. I don't care what you I look like. You kind of let yourself go. I mean, hey, you know, I want to be comfortable. 
my car. I'm glad you're comfortable I'm with, with yourself. you. Right? I mean, come on, you know. All right, well, there's only one lap. Oh, you can tie. All right, Janine, come on. This one's for you. First recorded in 1956. That's uh, a that's, uh, great ball fire. Nope, he just said it. Good golly, Miss Molly. Nobody gets oh, that one. Oh, right? That's uh, the big First bopper? recorded by the big bopper? Little Richard. Oh, Little Richard, And released yeah. in 1958. Mm. Great dance music. That was fun, though. You picked some good songs there, Lisa. Of course there, Lisa. I did, but Janine, you did an awesome job. Janine, I'm going to send you a four. I tried. You did Thank great. You guys. I'm going to send you a four CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas, all right? You're going to love Thank it. Thank you so much. Uh, I am enjoying those radio All ladies. right. Well, enjoy yourself out there. Stay warm. Yeah, have a great Stay night, warm. Janine. All right. Happy Halloween, guys. All right. Happy you Halloween, too. Janine. Thank you so much. When we come back, it's lights out. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Very excited about our, um, our new podcast. I want to tell everyone about it. Maybe you've heard about it, but if you haven't, It's pretty darn cool. I'm super excited. Carl Shadow is a um, tremendous writer and archivist and researcher of these great radio shows. And it's um, it's great to work with him on it. And he actually helps us write the, um, the liner notes for the Classic Radio Club. Does a tremendous job. And so uh, Lisa and I and Mike came up with this idea for a podcast called Radio Rarities. And I have to take credit for it because mostly it was my idea. Um, you know? Except the title. Mostly it was my idea. Mostly we were brainstorming. No, we were actually, we were all kind of like brainstorming about doing a podcast. And this makes the most sense because we don't, even though like we did air a really rare episode, uh, our very first episode right. tonight the we aired, um, yeah, that pilot episode. But mm-hmm. there's so many of these rare radio shows that we don't air on Hollywood 360 that are perfect for our podcast, Radio Rarities. So every week, Lisa and I talk about a, uh, we take a show, a 30-minute, generally a 30-minute show, and we talk about it and its history and why it's rare. It's Every one of these shows has a, a very unique angle to it, whether it was a pilot or a special star on it or the main star wasn't there and somebody else took their place or whatever the case may be. And Carl Shadow does a tremendous amount of research and gives you all of this background information, writes a terrific script for Lisa and I to go into the studio and uh, bring it to life uh, playing the show as well. And then Mike does a great job, amazing job, putting it all together. It's a really polished production. Very proud of it. Radio Rarities. And you can get that show You can get it sent to you each and every week as part of the Hollywood 360 podcast. So uh, if you want to sign up, go to Hollywood360radio.com. If you are a Classic Radio Club member, 
you get it all free. It's all part of the uh, part of the uh, package there. You can go to ClassicRadioClub.com for that. And um, I'm really happy with it, Lisa. You're doing a great job. Well, I wanted to mention also that why it's very different than what we do on Hollywood 360 is that we really just take one show and delve very deep into that show and give you a real education prior to playing that show. So it's a very different experience. Yeah, and um, people seem to really like it. We get a lot of uh, positive uh, feedback on it. All right, we're going to listen to the scariest radio series, Lights Out. No doubt, Lights Out was the scariest of them all. Arch Obler was really the guiding force behind this series. And uh, this episode is a ghost story starring B. Benaderet. It's called Poltergeist from October 20th, 1942. Here is part one now of Lights Out. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out, everybody. This is Arch Obler bringing you another in our series of stories of the unusual. And once again, we caution you, these lights-out stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. But if you're fascinated by the mysterious, the fantastic, the unearthly, then anticipate chills in our story of Poltergeist. Well, now let's go to town. St. Louis woman with her diamond ring kicking that man oh, around. No. no, stop that, Kay. What's the matter? Am I scaring the horse? Oh, it seems like a sacrilege singing a song like that out here. This beautiful, clean snow and blue sky. Well, what's wrong with a hot song to keep us warm? If you think the St. Louis blues is going to dirty up the snow, you ought to hear Frankie and Johnny the way I sing it. Oh, stop it, Kay. You're not funny at all. Why can't you enjoy the fresh air without that cabaret sort of thing? Oh, just an old-fashioned gal, eh, Florence? How about you, Edna? Don't you like my songs either? You haven't said anything for the last five minutes. Well, I I haven't been listening to you to tell the truth. I love to watch the snow sort of flow along under the sleigh. When you say that, gal, smile. Gosh, did you ever see more snow in your life? The man at the hotel said it had been snowing on and off up here for two weeks. I think coming out here to the country's the best thing we three have done since we started rooming together. Hiking in the snow's terribly healthy. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. The healthier I get, the worse I feel. <laughs> Crazy idiot. She does say the funniest things, doesn't she? I always say that Kay ought to... Hallelujah, we're here. Is this as far as we go, driver? That's right, miss. Can't go no further down this road to count of the drift. Oh, my goodness. The drifts are too deep for a horse. How can we walk through them? I second the motion. Well, you young ladies don't have to worry none so long as you keep going down the valley over there. Snow ain't piled up that way all the way to Ma Jenkins. Oh, well, that's marvelous. Come on, girls. Let's get started. So long. Take care of yourselves, girls. Come on, Edna. Goodbye, Miss Well, Listen to the snow talking at us. It's very dry snow. 
Our feet rub particles of it together, and the Ooh. friction makes a sound. It's kind of scary, yeah. isn't it? Why? Well, I don't know. It's just yeah. as if the snow was sort of trying to talk to yeah. us. I mean, as if it was angry at our trespassing. Hey, don't tell me we're trespassing. I don't want any country squire taking any pot shots at my uh, constitutional amendment with rock salt. No, thank you. Oh, don't talk nonsense, Kay. We're not trespassing. Why, this path through the valley here over to Mrs. Jenkins' house is the favorite hike of everyone who comes up this way during the winter. What's Mrs. Jenkins got anyway that makes people walk their feet off? <laughs> Wait till you taste her cooking. Eat? Oh, boy, let's go. It's awfully quiet out here, isn't it? Oh, that's the glory of it. I've had the roar of the subway in my ears so long. Okay, don't walk so fast. Come on, look what I found. Oh, come on, Edna. Oh, please. Let me take your arm. I'm getting out of breath. Well, take it easy. There's no hurry. <sighs> well, what is it, Kay? Look, through the circle of trees here. Look what I discovered. Well, isn't that interesting? It's a sort of a natural amphitheater. Sure. Say, who was this guy, Daniel Boone? What's an amphitheater? Well, that, that means an oval circling place with rising tiers of seats. It's, you know, like that place we went to for the horse show. Oh. Back in the times of the Greeks, they had outdoor theaters. Listen to the professor. They made use of places just like this, where the ground sloped up and made a sort of a natural arena or stage below. Theater! That's an idea. Sit down, gals, and I'll give you a special performance of the Kay Follies. It's awful snowy here, isn't it? I'll trample it down with my spring dance. Welcome, sweet spring. <laughs> isn't she a nut dancing in the snow? If I had that girl's energy. She's really graceful, isn't she? I'll bet if she went on the stage, she could... Kay! She fell. Kay! Oh. Kay, did you hurt yourself? Oh, did I land on my dignity. Here, give me a hand. Here, I'll help you. There you are. Oh, did I take a flop? Did you hurt yourself badly? Oh, Liv, what in the world did I trip over? Oh, no wonder. Look at that rock under the snow. No wonder I did a nosedive. Oh, my gee. goodness. There are rocks like that all over. Oh. A person could break their neck if they... Girls, what's the matter? What is it? Kay, the rock you tripped over. It's not a rock. What are you talking about? Of course it's a rock. Well, yes, but it's something... something more than that. It's a tombstone. Oh! Tombstone? Oh, no, it, it can't be. Look it... for yourself. It says, here lies buried the remains of one who, restless in life... Stop! Don't read anymore. Stop! And, and all these other stones laying flat on the ground. They're tombstones, too? Yes. Whew, what a place to pick to dance. Oh! What's the matter, Edna? What did you scream for? Kay, you... You danced on the grave. What? You danced on the grave. I saw you. I saw you do it. You danced on the grave. Okay. Oh, Edna, stop Kay, it. Stop oh, it. What's come into her, Edna? Stop acting like Edna, her. stop for heaven's sake. Control yourself. Okay. Kay, I'm so sorry for you. You danced on a grave. For heaven's sake, stop talking like that. Sure, I danced on a grave. Well, yes, of course she did. It was perfectly accidental. And what if it was? What of it? The poltergeist. The what? Edna Hansen, what are you talking about? What's that word you just used? Poltergeist. Okay, what have you done? You superstitious little fool. If you don't stop talking that way, I'm going to slap your face. What's the matter with you? I didn't do anything. You walked on the grave. You danced on the grave. So Edna, what? be sensible. We all walked on graves, but it was purely accidental. Yeah. We had no intention of desecrating them. It doesn't matter, I tell you. It doesn't matter. The poltergeist. He'll come. I know he will. Oh, what's the use? She's crazy. Edna, what are you talking about? What's a poltergeist? What are you so frightened about? My father, he told me, if you walk on a grave, if you dance on a grave, 
The poltergeist. Poltergeist what? What is a poltergeist? An evil spirit. It comes out of the grave. It kills. It destroys. It'll kill us. It'll kill us all. Stop it. It throws things oh, out. Oh, please. Lay off that wicked But it won't get me. I'll run Edna, away. come back I'll here. She's gone insane. I'll get her. Edna. Okay, catch her. Edna. Edna, don't run away. Nothing will hurt you. Nothing. Oh, Edna, look out. Okay. Okay, what happened? That stone. It hit Edna. Edna. Edna, open your eyes. Blood. Blood all over her face. Kate, who threw that stone? Who threw it? I don't know. It came from the graveyard. Ladies and gentlemen, a deep breath. We all need one before we go on with the story of Kay, Florence, and Edna. The story of Poltergeist on tonight's Lights Out. You know, the interesting thing, first of all, I'm like a little creeped out because we have the lights out here in the studio. <laughs> just a little, just have a little light, and we're listening to the scary episode. Um, and it is scary, you know. They're in a, they're in a graveyard, and, and, a, and a, a tombstone flew through the air and hit that woman. But, uh, you know, back then in the, in the 40s, the people never even probably knew what poltergeist was, you know, this. But that movie, of course, in the right. 80s, the movie mm-hmm. Poltergeist, that was a big hit. And now everyone, everyone, everyone knows sure. what a poltergeist is. But a poltergeist is, uh, you know, a ghost, an evil, an evil spirit. Poltergeist. Ooh. It sounds well, scary. they did actually tell us in the text what a poltergeist was. Yeah. She said, what's a poltergeist? Well, I know. So now we all know. Well, I think most people know because of the movie, but back then or they didn't. Or because you told us. In yeah. Case we didn't know. Now we know. Yeah. More of Lights Out after this. Hi, Carl Amari here. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, Suspense, and Burns and Allen, consider becoming a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows in superior sound quality, along with historical liner notes and photos of the radio stars. The 10 shows I'll send you will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. Members also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. The digital links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities whenever you'd like. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. And when you join the Classic Radio Club, there's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. While we're playing this Lights Out, maybe I'll give everyone a sneak peek into uh, my next project. You know, years ago, I produced the Twilight Zone radio dramas. I think that's maybe how we met, right? It is you came out met. to audition for right. one. And that was so much fun. I, I had such a great time producing the Twilight Zone radio dramas and hiring actors and uh, actresses to come into the studio and and uh, produce you know produce those shows with great actors and then after that I did another series it was a limited series 15 episodes I think it was 15 or 16 episodes 
called uh, Dread Time Stories that had Malcolm McDowell as the host. The uh, host of Twilight Zone, of course, was Stacy Keach. And I am now working on and will soon begin producing a revival of Lights Out. We're listening to a Lights Out episode, and I'm working on casting the host right now. And it's looking good. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't have this person yet. But as soon as we land this person, I will make a more formal announcement. But these are going to be a 45-minute. They're a little expanded. And they're new stories. They're um, They're not episodes from Lights Out. These will be new horror stories with a great host, like an A-list host. And uh, the actors will primarily be in the Chicago area. We're going to mix it at Noise Floor uh, downtown. Noise Floor is a a tremendous studio to do audio. And we'll have them for um, broadcast or podcast or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do with them yet, but... I'm working on it. And maybe, Lisa, you can audition for a part. I absolutely will be there. You know? Just tell me it, when to show up. You could be up. like, um, may I get you um, some water, sir? How's that may for a line? I can get you, you some Can water? you try that? Try That's that for like me. That's seven words. Try that. Go ahead. Audition, may I, right? May I get you some water, sir? Mm, nah. Mm. Thanks anyway. Okay. Next. Well, okay. <laughs> It was nice. Mike, you want to try? Thank you for the opportunity. Want to try one, Mike? No, thank you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I do Um, enough work with you. Yeah. I try not to do work with you Maybe I'm better off taking the break, too. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to be cool. Original music. We have all um, original music being uh, produced for it, and it's going to be great. So keep you posted, folks. I'm really excited about it, and I hope this person that we reached out to... um, is going to sign on to be the host. I think I might need another uh, opportunity for an audition. All right, how's this one? Okay. Um, can you put a cherry on that whip? Uh, can you put a cherry on that? On top. Uh, on, top. Uh, on, on top of that, uh, what is it? A, Just put, uh, put a cherry, put a on, cherry top. on top of that. Try that. Right, well, what is my motivation? Like, who am um, I talking to? So you're, you're let's just say you're a, a, a server. Okay. And I ordered a, um, I ordered ice cream a sundae ice cream sundae. You ready? Okay. okay, so thanks for this. Oh, thank you for this ice cream sundae, Lisa. Oh, sure. Can I put a cherry on top? That's pretty good. That's, that's better. Um, I'll keep working but on it. I think you should be the host. Yeah, maybe, right. Lisa. Well, I mean, I probably charge less, so. You would charge less <laughs> <laughs> than this host I'm talking to. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, I will I will definitely keep everyone posted keep, on that. And you'll that. keep me in mind, too, of course. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, We're listening to Poltergeist on Lights Out, October 20th, 1942. Here's the creepy conclusion. Now, girls, take it easy. Take it easy. Doctor, she won't die. Tell me she won't die. No, no, of course not. And you're sure that her skull isn't fractured? Oh, absolutely not. Maybe a little concussion, that's all. Well, it's almost five. Our train. Can we get someone to help us carry her down to the station so we can get her on board? Board? I'm telling you, that little friend of yours shouldn't be moved out of bed for a week. If you do, well, it might be just too bad. Oh, Flo, what'll we do? You go home, Kate. I'll stay with her. Oh, no, you won't. I'm not leaving you here alone in this godforsaken place. 
If you stay, I stay too. Kay, please be sensible. Why should we all lose our jobs when you If you'll go... excuse me, you ladies, I've got to be on my way. Oh, yes, of course, Doctor. Is there anything more you can do for Edna, Doctor? Any medicine or something? Nope, I've done all I can do. She's sleeping comfortable now. Uh, Miss? Yes, Doctor? The constable's sick too, you know, and he's sort of depending on me to keep things straight. Now, uh, just how did you say that little friend of yours got hurt? Well, it was just the way we explained, Doctor. That rock came flying and... Yes, yes, I know, but who threw the rock? We... we don't know. What? That's true, Doctor. We don't know. But somebody threw it. You can't change facts. Somebody threw the rock that cracked her head. For heaven's sakes, old man, you don't think we did it? No, okay, miss, I didn't. excited. Doctor, you've got to believe us. It happened just the way we said. All at once, that rock came flying through the air from the direction of the graveyard... It struck Edna, and, and we just didn't see who threw it. All right, if that's your story. Well, you better stay in your rooms here. I mean, you better not be leaving until the constable's on his feet and has a chance to talk with you. I'll be back in a few hours and see how the girl is. He doesn't believe us. What difference does it make? We know what we saw. But what did we see? She was running. She, she fell. Kay... Well, let's not fool ourselves. There was no one there to throw that rock. There must have been. But there wasn't. Stop saying that! Aren't you brave enough to face facts? There wasn't any place for anyone to hide. I saw that stone. It seemed to come down out of the air. So slowly. Florence, if you don't stop talking like that... You remember what... What Edna said? It throws things. Stop looking at me like that. You're giving me the jitters. She said the poltergeist throws things. Spirit of evil. Florence, Rob, have you gone crazy too? Why should we laugh at things like that? What right have we got to laugh? How do we know there aren't powers we can't see or understand? Powers of evil that revenge and insult just like an evil man. Kay, how do we know? What are you talking like that for? What are you trying to scare me for? You, you're supposed to be the most intelligent one of us all. You with your college degrees. Sure, sure, I danced on the grave. But the dead are dead and they can't revenge a thing. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. I tell you, it's not... What? It's Edna. Come on. Edna, we're coming to you. Don't be afraid. We're coming. Open the door, Florence. It's not locked. It's stuck. It won't Here, do. let me. Edna, what is it? What? Edna, what? On your head. Oh... Hey, what's going on here? I run a decent place and I don't want you... <gasps> oh. The girl on the bed. Her head. It's crushed flat in by a rock. God in heaven. It's not a rock. It's a tombstone. I... I wish I could cry. But I haven't got any more tears. Oh, yes, sir. 
Edna. Florence, darling, please. You'll kill yourself if you keep on like that. Oh, if this horrible night would only end. It was my fault. Mine. I was the one who got her out here. She didn't want to go. She hates the country. But I made her come. I made her. No. No, you're not the one to blame. I am. I danced on the grave. But she was so good. So sweet. Oh, why does it have to be Edna? Why? You're right. It wasn't right for it to be her, was it? Oh, no. I did it, not her. I did it. I danced on the grave. I danced on the grave. You can't deny what you see with your own eyes. But I tell you, Doc, nobody could have carried that tombstone up the steps without me seeing him, could they? But there it is, ain't it? Yeah. There it is. Either somebody's playing a terrible joke or... You don't have to say it, Doc. I know. That's just the trouble. You don't know, and I don't know, and nobody knows. Yeah. And... And that tombstone. Well, what about the tombstone? I... I ain't quite sure, but that's a tombstone out of the old burying grounds up at the bend. You're crazy. No, I ain't either. Well, that place is a good three miles from here. Yeah. I know. Who could have carted a heavy stone like that for three miles? Yeah. Who? Stop looking like that, you flap-eared old fool. Human hands carried that stone in here and killed that girl? Sure. Yeah, the constable will find out who did it the minute he's on his feet again. You wait and see. No, he won't, Doc. You're smarter than me and all that, but... No, this time you're wrong. There ain't nobody that takes in breath and leaves out breath like you and me. Or the constable's gonna find out who killed that girl. You know that, Doc. No, stop talking. I wish the constable was here and this night was over. It's been a terrible night. Terrible. Terrible clock. Ticking. Ticking. Yeah, I know. I've been sitting here listening to it. I can't stand it anymore. I'll stop it. Why bother with it? Come on to bed, Kay. Please. There's no use sitting there. It won't help her. Yeah. Nothing can help her. But maybe I can help you. Me? It was my fault. Mine. I was the reason it happened. It killed her and it'll kill you and me too unless I stop. No, don't say that. It's true. But why should you be hurt? I'm to blame, not you. Listen, Flo. I'll go out there. There? Out there to the graveyard. What? I'll talk to her. Kay. I'll, I'll tell her I didn't mean to do it. No. But I didn't know where I was dancing. Please. Maybe somehow it'll hear, listen to me, and, and then it won't hurt oh, you. Oh, no, no. I won't let you go out there. It'll kill but you. Florence. It'll kill you, too. But Florence. No, no, I'll hold you. You can't go. You can't. All right. Come on to bed, Kay, please. In the morning, in the morning, things will be different. But it won't. Nothing will hurt us. The men, they're right outside the door. They won't let anything get at us. Oh, please, Kay, please, come to bed. Yeah. We'll... We'll pray. Pray? I... I don't exactly know how. Just say anything. 
Anything. Like this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. No, you. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Kay, are you asleep? I can't sleep anymore. Kay, tomorrow, I mean, when it gets light and everything, do you think people will believe us? Do you think so, Kay? I, I'm not quite sure what happened. I always used to be so sure about things. And now I'd... Kay? Kay, where are you? Kay, where... The window... She went out the window. She's gone out there. To the graveyard. To talk to it. Okay, why did you go? Why did you go? I'll go out there, too. Well, she'll be so frightened out there alone. I'll go, too. I'll go, too. Oh, so cold. My hands... No, so sharp, cutting my legs. Oh, why did you go out there, Kay? Why did you? I've got to find you. The wind. Oh, why doesn't the wind stop? Blow, blow, thou winter wind. Thou art not so unkind as... <laughs> I've got to find you, Kate. I've got to find you. It's snowing. I love snow. Edna didn't like snow. Where are you, Kate? Where are you? I've lost my way. I've lost the road. Where are you, Kate? Kate, where are you? Oh, Kate. I heard you, Kate. I heard you. I'm coming to you, Kay. We'll talk to it. We'll talk to it together. We'll tell her we didn't mean any harm, won't we, Kay? Won't we? Poor Edna. We can't help her, Kay. We can't help Edna. But I'm coming to help you, Kay. I'm coming. I'm coming. Yes, I hear you. I hear you. I'm coming, darling. I'm coming to help. I'm coming to help you. I'm coming, I'm coming. I hear you. I hear you calling my name. I hear you. Yes. Yes, I hear you. I hear you. Where are you? Where are you? No! No! This way, Hooper. They must have come this way. <laughs> Climbing out the window like that in the middle of the night. They must have gone crazy, the both of them. Well, let's not worry about that now. We've got to find them. Here, give me that lantern. What is it, Doc? What have you found? A shoe. 
One of the girl's shoes. My gosh, stuck in the snow. We're going the right way. Come on, move fast. We've got to get to them. Doug, look at this. What is it? Over there. Ain't these footprints? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's right. Footprints. Hello, up ahead. Hello. Doc, we're we're getting pretty close to the old burying grounds. Well? Maybe. Oh, look here, Doc. Let's not be fools. Let's wait till morning. What? Let those frightened girls freeze to death? Get along. But, Doc, I... You come with me or the whole town will know what a yellow-livered no-good you are. All right. All right. You don't have to get so sore, Doc. Hello? Hello? Anybody up there? Hello? Doc. Doc, look. What? There they are. Up ahead. Glory be, they're alive. The both of them. Come on. Doc. Doc, look at them. That's the burying ground up there. And they're dancing. Dancing on the graves. Well, they must be out of their heads. Come on. We've got to stop. Doc. Doc, wait for me. Oh, Doc, it's... It's Doc again. Where are they, Doc? Where are the girls? Have they... Have they stopped dancing? Yes. They've stopped dancing. Did... Did they ever dance? What are you talking about, Doc? We saw them. We saw them dancing in this place with our own eyes. Did we? The moonlight. Here it comes again. See with your eyes again. (gasps) Oh, no. Both of the girls froze stiff to the ground, each with her head crushed by a tombstone. Strobler, would you mind telling us, me, whether there actually are such things as poltergeists? All I can tell you is this. There are authenticated records in existence that in the city of London on the 27th day of April, 1872, from four in the afternoon on a Thursday until half past 11 at night, a certain room in a certain house was deluged by stones thrown from no apparent source. The London police surrounded the house but they found no trace of whoever or whatever was throwing those stones with a murderous violence. I, uh, I see. So much for poltergeist. And now, Mr. Obler, what happens next week? Well, anything can happen, but uh, specifically next week, Mangara, a strange title and a strange story. The power of suggestion. The dictators have shown us to what evil purposes that power can be used. Well, next week, a man who, uh... <laughs> But that, as usual, is next week. Yes. Lights Out, written and directed by Arch Obler, will come to you again next Tuesday at the same time. Be sure to listen for the amazing story of Mungara. 
And if you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try ironized yeast, the one and only ironized yeast, with the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. It is later than you think. Man, I tell you, lights out. That is... uh... That is a really great series. I mean, Arch Obler was um, really the guiding force behind it, although he did not create it. Willis Cooper created this series, and then he moved to Hollywood to write screenplays, Lisa, and then um, they brought in Arch Obler, and then he really made it his own, although the Coop, the uh, Willis Cooper ones were creepy, too. There's not as many that exist of those. But most of the Arch Obler lights out are available, not always in this type of sound. This was direct from the master recording. Poltergeist, October 20th, 1942, starring B. Benadere. I hope you enjoyed that. Time now for this month in music history. Yes, and continuing with the Halloween theme, here is a Halloween theme-related song. Well, now the devil went down to Georgia and he was looking for a soul to steal. Oh, he was yeah. Because he was way behind. He's willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man, saw him on the fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on the hickory stump and said, Boy, let me tell you what. You probably didn't even know it, but I'm a fiddle player, too. And if you care to take it, there, I just You love this bet. song. I love this now, song. You a pretty good fiddle boy, but let's give a devil this due. I bet this fiddle of gold against your soul is so this is The Devil Went Down to Georgia, written and performed by the Charlie Daniels Band. Oh, yeah. Released on their 1979 album called Million Mile Reflections. Great, great, Reached great number song. number three on the charts. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, it's a terror tale on Inner Sanctum Mystery from 1946. But we'll start things out by playing Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. Right, Lisa? That's exactly right. We're going to be talking about TV theme songs, part two. TV theme songs. Yes. I got some of them right last I think week. you did, maybe half, which is, you know, as good as it's going to get. It's What all, half? Uh, the, the worst half. Top that, half or the bottom half? Oh, I don't know. What do you prefer, Carl? <laughs> 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 do I have to choose? I um, mean... No, you don't. <laughs> you ask. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, more of Hollywood 360 after this short break. Now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. The staple.
will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the illustrious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll open the creaking door to Inner Sanctum from 1946. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. Lisa will play clips from famous songs and provide a statement about each song. My job is to guess, is that statement real or is it ridiculous while you play along at home? Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. And that is uh, a huge job because uh, clearly it's a difficult job it for is you. So difficult. I'm going to need you to think long and hard. All right. Can you do it? Yes. Okay. So I have chosen TV theme songs for this edition of Real or Ridiculous TV Music TV theme edition. songs, okay. And these are all shows. Are those songs that were on TV? They were. See how smart I they am? Were, yes, I guess they are. And they were theme songs from some shows that you known, you've known and loved for many years. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the first theme song. Gilligan's Island. This is the Gilligan's Island theme song. Right. It's called the Ballad of Gilligan's Isle. Right. Are you familiar with this show and this song? Mighty shame there. <laughs> the brave and sure. Passengers set sail that day on a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. All right. You ready for your statement? The weather started getting rough. Okay, go ahead. Okay, you ready for your statement? Yes. The show's original 1964 pilot episode featured a jazz-themed song. Um, that is that is real. All right. Well, let's listen to the pilot episode, and we'll decide if it's real. The song. In tropical sea is a tropic port. That's Vacation called Calypso. Fun is the favorite oh, sport. Not jazz. This is a place uh, where the tourists in the Caribbean islands. So, you know, with uh, banjos and percussion. Yeah, you don't have to rub it in. I know. Okay, I got no, it I was just clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, well, that was the uh, pilot theme one. song. Isn't really? that interesting? No, Weird. I didn't know that, right? So different. It was a Calypso song, huh? Yep. Six hour ride. Wow. Right? That's crazy, right? huh? Yeah. One of the best shows of all time, Gilligan's Island. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Story from that theme song. We had uh, Marianne on here yes, several we times. Did. She passed away now, but we had her on the air a couple of times with us. She was wonderful. Yeah, so great. All right, moving yep. on to mm-hmm. here's your next theme song. Okay. Jefferson's Jefferson's theme song, moving on up. Deluxe apartment in the side. <laughs> On up to the side. I finally got a piece of the pie. All right, you ready? Yes. yes. Beyonce sang this song in front of a live audience, live studio audience on the remake of The Jeffersons that aired in 2019. I don't think it was Beyonce. So I'm going to say ridiculous. Okay, let's listen to it and see who it is. Now singing one of the great TV theme songs ever, Grammy and Oscar winner, Jennifer Hudson. All right. There it is. All right. Jennifer, I knew you knew that one. 
Oh, she does such a great job. What a voice, right? Amazing. Wow. It's great. All right, one and one. Well, no, we got to listen a little bit more. Oh, it's sorry. so great. So great. It took a whole lot of trying just to get up that hill. Jennifer Hudson. Wow. Excellent. She's something. Amazing. All right. All right. A one. I'm oh, what's a one and one? One and one. All right. All right. Here is the next theme song. Yeah. Here's the story. Of a mountain lady. Doesn't this just feel warm and fuzzy? Brings back great memories. Girls, and what hair of gold, like their mother, the youngest one in curls. It's a story of a man named Brady who was bringing four men living all together, but they were all alone. Okay. All right. Brady Bunch. So. The Brady Bunch theme song, right. So in the pilot episode, yeah. the song was performed by the Shangri-Las. Real or ridiculous? Shangri-Las. Now, starting in season two, the six actors who played the Brady kids did the singing, making it a sing-along. All right, I'm going to say real. All right, so let's listen to the uh, pilot episode theme song. Here's the story of a lovely lady. This is called Peppermint Trolley Company. So it's not the Shangri-La? It's not. Oh, man. It's Peppermint so tricky. Trolley Company. Here they are. But don't they sound good? Smooth. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. I like it. It doesn't have the same character as the kids singing. You can hear the trombone in the background, mm-hmm. you know? like So great. All right, well, All right, so okay. I'm uh, one, for, one for three. Yes. There's one more to go. Okay. I could, go, I could be 500 if I get this right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. All right, here is the next thing. Okay, that's, um, this is Friends. Friends theme song, I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts. Okay. You familiar with the show and the song? Yes. All right. The show's creators wanted to be included in the song, so they performed the claps that you just heard in the song. Real or ridiculous? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, it sounds real. I mean, it sounds that sounds real, right? I, I don't know. I can't uh, can't divulge the information quite yet. I, I'm gonna say real. Real. Yeah. All right. Um, there's nothing to hear. You are absolutely right. Oh, my gosh. That is really? true. They wanted, so as a last-minute addition, they decided to do the claps. They said it took, like, hundreds of takes till they got it just right. Unbelievable. Um, but they did it. Last-minute addition. That's a great trivia question. I, know. I mean, that's a great little was, tidbit of uh, information. Well, I had I'm no idea. finding tidbits. So what did I get? You two, got two out of four, 50%, two out of just four. like Mike, last week. That's not bad, right? I mean. I mean, mm. what do you think, Mike? Yeah, yeah, for for man, you guys are. I mean, it's fifty-fifty. So tough, man. Got fifty percent. I mean, considering how well or poorly you do at this game, 
Yeah, that's I true. Mean, for I you, it's 50% is pretty good. Yeah, it's a good score. All right, thanks, Lisa. Sure. Those were really fun. Thanks. All right, when we come back, we're going to open the creaking door to Inner Sanctum, so stay with us. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Lisa, I'm hungry. Um, I know why you're hungry, because we're talking about Mies Meals. We just ordered our Mies Meals. So Mike orders from Mies Meals. I order from Mies Meals. And Lisa, for all of our families, we order Mies Meals. It comes um, about a week later. So we're like, what we ordered we're, last right. week, we're getting tomorrow. Right. What did we order for, tonight for that we're going to get next, next week? week? So uh, let's see. Mike got New England shrimp roll. Mm. Uh, Carl got chicken pot pie. Yeah. And I got Uda noodle salad with sambal roasted Brussels. Folks, I got to tell you now, I mean, we've been talking about Mies Meals for a while. I hope you'll at least give it a try. Because you're going to be really surprised. It is so fresh. It is just packed so perfectly for you. It comes in dry ice. And they deliver it right to your door. You open it up. There's an index card in there. explains how to make the meal. Everything you need is in there. All of the ingredients are all chopped and washed and prepped. And it's amazing. It only takes you about 15 minutes to make the meal. It's on your table. Your family is going to love you. They're going to be like, wow, this is incredible. This is, uh, and it's things that you wouldn't normally make. Like I, I ordered, this is the first time I'm getting the chicken pot pie. So, um, but I don't make chicken pot pie from <laughs> for dinner, right? But I can't wait to try it because I know it's going to be great because it's coming from Mies Meals. And here's the thing. I hate that question. What's for dinner tonight? You know, it's a, it's a, I don't know, <laughs> what do you want for dinner? And then it's a going out to the grocery store and trying to make a list and buy everything. This is fantastic. I don't have to wonder and think about it. I get it delivered to my house. And like all you said, all of the ingredients are individually wrapped. And I have a little recipe card that teaches me what to do, how to make it. And we are set with a gourmet dinner. Yeah, it's amazing. And all you have to do is check out the website and you'll, uh, you'll love it like we do. Go to Mies meals.com m-e-e-z meals.com and make sure you use the promo code carl at checkout because the very first time you order me's meals you're going to receive a 50 percent discount by using that promo code carl me's meals m-e-e-z meals.com use the promo code carl at checkout save 50 percent give it a try i promise you will love me's meals all right, another thing you're going to love is Inner Sanctum Mystery. We air these a lot. We have a lot of them in really great quality. This one uh, in particular stars Santos Ortega. It's called, it's called You Could Die Laughing from May 7th, 1946. Uh, you're going to love it. Here's Inner Sanctum Mystery. Lipton Tea and Lipton Soups present Inner Sanctum Mysteries. 
friends. This is your host to welcome you once again to the Inner Sanctum. Do come in and join our circle, but watch out you don't get double cross. <laughs> What's that? Oh, you're disturbed by those bodies dangling from the ceiling. Well, you know some people, they just die to come here. Then they hang around week after week and never say a word. <laughs> well, I have a theory about that, Mr. Host. Yeah, what's that, Mary? Maybe the reason they're hanging around is because they think we're going to serve refreshments later on. Sure, that could be all right. You know, lots of folks are like that. And who can blame them? When there's good food ahead, they just won't leave. And that's especially true if there's a chance that Lipton tea is on the menu. Now, the reason for that is simply this. Lipton tea is tea at its delicious best because Lipton's has such grand, brisk flavor. In fact, brisk is the very word the tea experts themselves use to describe Lipton's full, hearty taste. You'll agree, I'm sure, the very first time you try it, for Lipton's is so lively and full-bodied and satisfying. Yes, it's that brisk flavor that makes more people buy and enjoy Lipton's than any other brand of tea in the world. So whenever you ask for tea, make sure you ask for Lipton tea. And now, friends, draw close your chairs. If there are no faint hearts among us, we'll begin tonight's tale of terror. A story written especially for Inner Sanctum by Michael Sklar. Our star tonight is Santa Sotega, who plays the role of Elwood Fitch in You Could Die Laughing. We wanted to escape our problem, to forget about it, so we went to the movies. But there was a doctor in the story, and every time he appeared on the screen, I remembered. Halfway through the picture, I, I couldn't sit there anymore. I nudged Catherine, and we got up and walked out. The street was cold and dark and empty. Elwood, what do you want to do now? I just want to go back home. All right, dear. Get in the car. Elwood, I... I want to talk to you. All right, there's time for that. Please, dear, let's stop being silly about this thing. Let's face it. I am facing it. But you're not. Don't argue with me. For heaven's sake, don't you understand? The doctor said you only got a year to live unless we moved to Arizona. Doctors are human. They can make mistakes. Not three doctors. I don't care. Why are you so stubborn? Why are you so dead set against Arizona? You ought to know why, Catherine. Me? Yes, you. Because of me? Yes. I haven't given you much, Catherine, not even children. But I've been able to make a living. We've been able to get along. What would I do in Arizona without a job and without money? Elwood, slow down. I can still drive a car, Catherine. You're speeding. Let me alone. Passing through a red light. Elwood, that man crossing the street. Look out, you hit I... Catherine. Did I... Yes. He's lying on the ground. Good Lord. He walked in front of the car. Well, we've, we've got to help him. Is... Is he... He's dead. Oh, hell! I didn't mean to do it. I couldn't help it. It happened so fast. Better call the police. Police. Well, you said he's dead. The police. Catherine, there's no one but us on the street. 
Nobody else saw it happen. What difference does that make? Get back in the car. Edward, are you suggesting I was speeding. I passed a red light. And now this. They'll arrest me. They'll put me on trial for manslaughter. But my... He's dead, isn't he? We can't help him. It won't do him any good if I go to jail. But running away, leaving the body... Catherine, we've got enough troubles without this. We're going to get into the car and drive straight to the garage. I've got a year to live. And I'm not going to spend it in prison. Good evening, Mr. Fitch. Want me to put the car away for you? Yes. Show must have let out early, huh? We, we didn't stay to the end, Dan. I didn't care for the picture. Ah, them pictures. I always tell my wife. Say, what did you hit? Hit? Yeah, your front bumper. Blood on it. Oh. Oh. Uh, that, that blood. Uh, a, a dog ran in front of the car. Uh, do me a favor, Dan. Wash it off before you put the car away. Sure thing, Mr. Fetch. <laughs> I didn't sleep well that night. Bad dreams, all mixed up. About doctors. But they all looked like the man lying on the street. And their faces were covered with blood. I woke up exhausted. Breakfast is on the table, Elwood. Uh, just a moment. That newspaper can wait. Your toast is getting cold. Oh, here it is. What are you looking for? The story. You mean last night? It's in the newspaper? Listen to this. Stenger, victim of hit-and-run driver. The body of Augie Stenger, underworld character, was discovered early this morning at the intersection of Broad and Main Streets. Police believe Stenger was the victim of a hit-and-run driver. <gasps> the, the front door? Yes. Do you, do you think it's, it's the police? I don't know. Get a grip on yourself. I'll see who it is. Morning. You, Mr. Fitch? Uh, yes. What can I do for you? I don't like to talk business on the front doorstep. Business? It's about last night, that accident. <laughs> what accident? Don't try to act innocent. I saw that hit and run. Now can I come <laughs> Let me handle this, Andrew. Who are you? My name is Chandler. I was sitting in my car last night at Broad and Main Street. I saw the accident and I followed you home. Thought I ought to talk to you about it this morning. What do you want? The cops are looking for that hit-and-run driver. I'm the only guy that knows you're him. It ought to be worth something for me to keep my mouth shut. You want money? Yeah. Blackmail. Don't talk to him, Edward. Send him away. No, we can't do that, Catherine. He'd go to the police. But Elwood... Leave this to me. All right, Chandler. I'll give you the money. How much? Five hundred dollars. That's chicken feed. A thousand. Ah, now you're talking sense. When do I get it? I'll give it to you now. It's in my coat pocket. Here. Here it is. You'll find exactly one thousand dollars in twenty-dollar bills. Thanks. Now, get out of here. Now, wait a minute. Don't get nasty, Fitch. I'm doing you a favor. You got your money. Now get out. I'm going. But I'll be back. You call this the first installment. Elwood, where did you get that money you gave him? 
Money? Last night you said we couldn't go to Arizona because we had no money. You, you just gave that man a thousand dollars. Where'd you get it? I was ashamed to tell you. I took it from Stenger. Stenger? The man we hit. I put my hand inside his coat to see if his heart was beating. The money was in the inside pocket. Edward, how could you? Don't look at me like that, Catherine. We've been married a long time. Long enough for you to know that I'm not a crook or a murderer. But to kill a man and then take his money. Try to understand. All day long I've been thinking. A year to live. A year to live. When you know you're going to die, it does something to you. You forget what's right and what's wrong. I thought with that thousand dollars and the few hundred we've got in the bank, I thought we might be able to go to Arizona after all. Well, the money is gone. Yes. Don't think about it anymore. How can I stop thinking? You heard what Chandler said. That thousand dollars is the first installment. He'll blackmail us out of everything we own. Shut the door, quick. Who is it, Catherine? Shut that door, Mrs. Fitch. You were here only yesterday. What do you want now? The cops are after me. You and me are on the same boat. What have you done? What do they want you for? Murder. Murder? You shouldn't have come here. I figured this place ought to make a pretty good hideout. No. You can't stay here. Who's going to stop me? I won't allow it, Elwood. I won't have this man in my house. All right, cut the squad. No. I stood a lot in you, Chandler, but... Stay away from me. Don't you dare touch him. Elwood! Elwood! Don't cry, Kathy. I'm all right. Any more back talk, Fitch? No. Okay. I'm moving in. Whenever you hear a guy talk like this, listen, I'm moving in, you and know? he's a bad guy. I'm moving in. Well, I don't want any more. <laughs> I don't want any more back talk from you. Whenever a guy talks like that, you know he's not a good guy. Right. He's a bad guy. You're pretty good at that bad guy talk. Hey, you know I'm moving in. <laughs> you know you cast a person. You're like, okay, you're a bad guy. And see you. Yeah, you could be a good guy. You know, you, Lisa. Oh, I'm. So... I'll get you, my uh, pretty. All right, I'll be the witch. And your little dog. Too. I can do it. Yeah. It's actually a good part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said it was the number one costume. The witch. That's witch. true. I thought I it did. was going to be a skeleton. Well, you were wrong. Like red skeleton. Right. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Without any. <laughs> we're listening to Inner Sanctum Mystery, a show called You Could Die Laughing. Lisa likes that title. I do. She's like, wow, that's a great title. Uh, Santos Ortega starring in this from 1946. We'll get back to it in a minute. Stick around. Hi, Carl Amari here. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, Suspense, and Burns and Allen, consider becoming a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows in superior sound quality, along with historical liner notes and photos of their radio stars. The 10 shows I'll send you will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. Members also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour holiday 
Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. The digital links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities whenever you'd like. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. And when you join the Classic Radio Club, there's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. I'll never forget, years ago, Lisa, I had the uh, the honor of having a dinner. I was pretty good pals with Hyman Brown, and I met him a few times, and then one time he took me to dinner in New York, and we went to this kind of fancy restaurant, and Hyman Brown was the creator, producer, director of Inner Sanctum. And I remember we were having dinner, and... Um, and I remember uh, Peter O'Toole was sitting at a table next to us, and he, they were friends, and then he introduced me to Peter O'Toole. I'm name-dropping now. Oh, uh, yeah, I but, picked up um, No, but the point I wanted to make was um, I asked him, you know, uh, and I've interviewed him and things, but I, I remember we were talking about Inner Sanctum because, I mean, he produced a ton of shows, Grand Central Station, Ma Perkins, a lot of, lot of shows. But Inner Sanctum Mystery was his real... Yeah, no, signature series, although later he produced the CBS Radio Mystery Theater, which was super cool, too, with E.G. Marshall as the host. But I remember asking him, so what was the door? You know, that sound effect, yeah. what, what, what was it? He said, actually, there was a door in the CBS studio basement that creaked, you know, like made a really creaky sound. And that's how he came up with the idea for the series. He's like, oh... And so they literally took that door out of the hinges, you know, off the hinges and off the, the the wall and put it in the studio and they used that door. But it wasn't, he said, it wasn't always reliable. S- sometimes it wouldn't squeak as much as they liked. So then he said, we found an old chair. So this chair that they had would actually, if you <laughs> sat in it and you moved around, it would... And then he said, then they use that. Then that became unreliable, he said, because actually a maintenance person oiled it. He was telling me this story. A maintenance person oiled it, and they then they were, like, panicking. But then a sound effects man created a door, a miniature door. It was like this, like what, like a third of the size of right. a door. And they, they um, had these old hinges on it, and that worked. And that's primarily what they use that and sometimes the the chair so i don't know which one they're using in this particular broadcast but i'm trying to give you a visual and that's what he told me they used on it a good story yeah hyman brown um he was great he was an amazing amazing uh uh contributor to the golden age of radio one of the one of the biggest names all right we're listening to an episode called you could die laughing from may 7th 1946 Here's the conclusion. He took over the house. He used Catherine and me as servants, treated us like dirt. There was nothing we could do about it. Just the three of us, cooped up in that little house. We couldn't go out. Food and cigarettes were sent up from the store. Went on like that until... Tuesday morning. Hush, Elwood. 
Chander will hear you. He can't. He's in the bedroom. You're... You're going to give yourself up? I can't stand this anymore. I can't stand... Well, do what you think is best, darling. I've made up my mind. Rather than put up with that man, I'd prefer to go to prison. I'll call the police right now. Hello, operator. Get me police headquarters. Got a pal at headquarters, Fitz. Hey, Chandler. I don't... Don't point that gun at me. Cancel that call. Oh, oh, all right. Hello, operator. Operator. Never mind that call to police headquarters. No, 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 nothing's wrong. Yeah. I, I just made a mistake. Thank you. You made your last mistake, Fitch. Imagine that black villain, Jack Chandler. First he blackmails Elwood, then he blackjacks him, and now he blackballs him from using his own telephone. You know what I'd do if I were Elwood? I'd apply for a writ of habeas corpus. That is, if Chandler doesn't turn Elwood into a corpus first. <laughs> Things do look bad for Elwood, I must admit, Mr. Host. My, what a lot of unpleasant surprises he's been having. Yes, and he's in for a lot more, Mary. Now, friends, let's get back to those lovely people, Jack Chandler and Elwood Fitch. Chandler the murderer and Elwood the hit-and-run driver. It's quite a pair. Together, they make a full house. A moment ago, Elwood tried to give himself up to the police. But Chandler caught him at the telephone. So, you were going to double-cross me, eh? No. I was only going to tell the police about myself. What do you suppose would happen to me when the cops came for you? I ought to kill you right now. Oh, no. You shut up. First thing I'm going to do is pull out that phone so you don't make no more calls at headquarters. Yeah. That settles the phone. Now, stand up. What are you going to... The door. Can you see who it is through the window, Fitch? Yes. Take a look. But remember, I still got this gun. Don't try any tricks. It's a man. Recognize him? No. Now, listen. Before you open the door, I'm taking your wife into the next room with me. I'll be able to watch you and hear every word you say. You know what I'll do to Mrs. Fitch if you double-cross me. Yes. Okay. Now, answer the door. Mr. Fitch? Elwood Fitch? That's right. May I come in? Yes, of course. I'm Detective Farley from headquarters. Here's my badge. Mind if I ask a few questions? What about? Well, I've been assigned to the Stenger case. Familiar with it? I... I read about it in the newspaper. A hit-and-run driver. That's the case. What do you know about it, Fitch? Why, nothing. Are you sure? See, here, you, you don't you think... You and your wife went to the movies Friday night, correct? Yes, that's right. Did you drive straight to your garage from the movies? Why, uh, no. It wasn't a good movie, so we left early and went for a ride. Did you pass the corner of Broad and Main Streets? Uh, no. We went in the other direction. You're lying, Fitch. I've been checking garages for that hit-and-run car. Your garage man told me you brought your car in Friday night with blood on the bumper. I told him... 
We ran into a dog. Don't make me laugh. Your story wouldn't hold up a minute if that fool garage man hadn't washed the blood off. Are you going to arrest me? I need evidence first. When I get it, I'll come back. Blood on the bumper. That cop is wise to you, Fitch. He, he said he'd be back. Sure. He'll be snooping around looking for proof. Yeah, this is one heck of a hideout. I'm leaving. You're going away? Uh, glad of that, ain't you? Well, you got nothing to celebrate. What? What do you mean? I need time, plenty of time to get away from the city. I'm not going to leave you here to squeal to the cops as soon as I'm out of the door. We wouldn't tell the police. Yeah, I'm going to make sure you don't. I got one murder rap on me already. It might as well be three. Three? Edward, he means... Listen, Chandler. I swear we won't tell. Why should we? Remember what you said. We're both in the same boat. The police are after me, too. You tried to double-cross me once before. I ain't taking any chances. Please, please. There's no use begging. It won't do no good. When? When? When are you going to do it? Before I go. Sometime after dark. The rest of that day was a nightmare. Chandler wouldn't let me separate from Catherine. Everywhere we went. Everything we did. He was always behind us with that gun in his hand. The gun. I had to take it away from him. He was much younger than I. Big and tough. But I had to try. I watched for my chance. It came late in the afternoon. He was lighting a cigarette. He put the gun down on the living room table while he felt in his pockets for a match. Both of us were the same distance from the gun. I made a dive for it. Hey, get away from that rod. No, let go. I'll kill you for this. Catherine. Help me. Grab his hand. Let go of me. Let go. Hold him, Catherine. Hang on to him. He's dead. I had to shoot him. I had to. Now what will we do? I don't know. What would he do if the positions were reversed? Call the police. No. The money. The money I gave him. The $1,000 I took from Stenga. He still got it. It's ours again, Catherine. We're going to Arizona. Arizona? Don't you see? It's just like it was before he came. We'll take the money and we'll go to Arizona. But his body... He's a murderer, he said so himself. We'll put the body into the car, drive out to the suburbs, and leave it on the highway. The police will think it was just another gangster murder. I was just able to squeeze the dead body into the luggage compartment. Hurry, Elwood. Let's get away before one of the neighbors sees us. Oh, my gosh. Now what's the matter? The gasoline gauge. It's almost empty. Oh. We'll have to stop at the garage. I drove back to the garage. Had Dan fill the tank. And paid him with one of the $20 bills I'd taken from the body of Stinger. Dan gave me a queer look as he brought me the change. Here you are, Mr. Fitch. Thirteen gallons out of a $20 bill. Thanks, Dan. Oh, uh, by the way, did a detective come around to your house the other day? Uh, yeah, yes, he did. <laughs> I, uh, I hope you don't hold it against me telling him about that blood on the bumper of your car. Oh, of course not, Dan. Why should I? After all, I had nothing to hide. <laughs> oh, that's right. 
<laughs> well, you know, to tell you the truth, Mr. Fitch, I, I was a little suspicious of you. I, oh. I thought you really might be that hit-and-run driver. Not that it matters much now. No? No, no. The police don't care much now about that driver. Why not? Oh, he's small potatoes now. I just heard over the radio that uh, that guy Stenger was just about dead even before that hit-and-run driver hit him. Hey, how could that be? Well, uh, the way the radio explained it, Stenger was shot in the back, and uh, he staggered out into the street, and then the car hit him. But you said he wasn't killed by the car. That's right. The coroner's inquest showed that he, he died of a bullet wound. He'd been murdered. The police even know who killed him. They, they know the killer's name? Uh-huh. I heard it over the radio just a minute ago. Oh, yeah, um, Chandler. Jack Chandler. I don't remember driving away from the garage. It kept going around in my brain. Chandler had murdered Stenger. Catherine and I had run away from a crime we hadn't committed. No wonder Chandler had seen the accident. No wonder he feared the police. And now he was dead. His body packed into the luggage compartment of the car. Elwood, you're not listening to me. What? Oh, I, I, I was thinking about Chandler. That's what I was talking about. If he killed Stenger, why can't we go to the police and confess everything? Because we killed Chandler. But it was self-defense. Would the police believe that? They'd have to believe it. Even if they did, it would be murder in the third degree. They'd learn about the thousand dollars. I'd be held for trial. We'd never get to Arizona. No, Catherine. We've got to go through with our original plan. Elwood, that siren. It's a police car behind us. What are you going to do? They may not be after us. If they do stop us, let me do the talking. Don't be afraid, Catherine. I'll handle it. Uh-huh. Middle-aged man and woman. You answer the description, all right. Name Fitch? Yes. What's the trouble, officer? There's an alert out for you. You bought gas back at your garage a few minutes ago. Paid for it with a $20 bill. That's right. Got any more of those bills on you? Why, yes. And I'm over. Here. Here they are. Uh-huh. Looks like it's all here. This is the stuff, all right. What stuff? What are you talking about? It's money. It's counterfeit. Just like the bill you gave the garage man. Counterfeit? Phony money down to the last dollar. Move over. We're driving to headquarters. Well, that's the story, Detective Farley. You'll find Chandler's body in the back of my car. Willing to put your signature to this confession, Mr. Fitch? Yes, I'll, I'll sign it. Oh, you could have saved yourself a lot of grief. I knew you were the hit-and-run driver when I came around to your house. But I needed the proof, and you gave it to me when you broke one of these phony $20 bills. Well, did you know then about the money? Sure. Stinger had a long record as a counterfeiter. His girl told us he was carrying $1,000 in bad money the night he was killed. Naturally, when we didn't find the money on his body, we knew it had been taken by the hit-and-run driver. And the blood on the bumper of your car was the giveaway. Well, now that you've caught me, what's going to happen to me? Well, depends on the jury. You might get 20 years. 
Might get life imprisonment. You might even get acquitted. I'm in the courtroom now. Catherine beside me, waiting for the decision. The jury just filed in. The judge has asked if they reached a verdict. The foreman of the jury is rising to his feet. Your Honor, we find the defendants not guilty. Oh, 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 Catherine. Oh, Elwood, thank heaven. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Oh, darling, you were right in the very beginning. Money or no money, we're going to Arizona. Well, fooled you that time, friend. Slipped you a happy ending when you weren't set for it. But that jury decision... I don't know. It sounded a bit fitchy. <laughs> but seriously, friends, do you like happy endings? I don't, but then some people do. You know, someday, just to make sure, I'm going to have some research organization take a gallows pole. Well, Mr. Host, that seems a lot of trouble to go to when there's plenty of proof right in front of your nose that says people love happy endings. And what is that proof, Mary? It's the way thousands and thousands of families every day top off delicious meals with delicious Lipton tea. There's a real happy ending for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, folks. Try it and see. In fact, so that you won't forget it, add Lipton tea to your grocery list right now, this very minute. It's the world's favorite tea, and you're always sure of getting tea at its tastiest when you get Lipton's. Because remember, Lipton tea has that marvelous brisk flavor. <laughs> Parting word of advice, friends, drawn from the experiences of Elwood Fitch. If your wife wants you to take a trip, don't argue. No, don't protest. Simply bash her on the head and deliver her to the police. You can always say she tripped. <laughs> oh, yes, this month's Inner Sanctum mystery novel is I Hate Blondes by Wolf Kaufman. And next week, the makers of Lipton Tea and Lipton Soups will bring you another Inner Sanctum story directed by Hyman Brown and called Screams in the Night. Of course, there'd be lots of screams. The kind you like, blood-curdling. And there's the usual triangle. A man, his wife, and another girl. But the joker is, he who grafts best... Gasps last. Don't get it? <laughs> and for the details, better be listening to Inner Sanctum next week. Mm. Until then, good night. Pleasant dreams. Tune in next week for another Inner Sanctum Mystery. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
That was a really good squeak, you know, on that door. That was a good creak. So that was either the chair. I think that was the chair. (laughs) To me, it sounded like the chair, but it could have been a door. Sounds like a door. Or the miniature door that they had. Um, Inner Sanctum Mystery. May 7th, 1946, you could die laughing, Lisa. Oh, I know. CBS um, broadcast. And, um, you know, here's the thing with Inner Sanctum. It came to radio in 1941. I mean, so this was on the air pretty early on, and it lasted all the way till like 1951 or two. So it had like an 11 or 12 year run. When you consider these classic radio shows, that's a long run. But guess what? We've been on the air, I think this is our 17th year. Is that right? No. No? I think we started in 2008. 2009. We started in 2009. So what does that make it? Like 13, 14 14. 14 years. Wow, that's a long time. But uh, Inner Sanctum was on the air a long, long time. Hyman Brown... The uh, creator, producer, director, he was in the booth, you know, um, putting these shows on live. These are live, Lisa. It's not taped, live stuff. Hope you enjoyed it. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right. In our next hour, John Dixon Carr is the host for Murder by experts from 1949 but lisa wolf dylan will first present learning the lyrics right lisa that's right and today we're going to do songs that get stuck in your head oh i just made and that i can't get it out of my head exactly but not like that, that song is that one of them no it's not why not i i came up with that i one. can't get you out, out of my head, head. Oh, no. no. I didn't choose that no, one. I, I've got no. better stuff. It's a, good, it's a good song. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, <laughs> last week I got none of them. Right. Zero. I got zero. Well, Mike and I will put our heads together and make a prediction. All right, we'll see. See you soon. And now for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Masked Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Guys! 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 Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, John Dixon Carr is our host for Murder by Experts from 1949. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. 
Lisa will read popular song lyrics, and I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. And you didn't do well last week, even no. though I thought you would. And Missed you all were of them. really in a bad mood the whole rest of the night, well, all the way home. Because it is your fault and when I miss it. It was all my fault, and especially because you blamed it on the order. Had I changed the order, you felt that yeah. you would have done better. Give me the one um, that I'm I don't gonna... accept any of that blame, but... Um, because you were in such a bad mood and I didn't want to drive home with you in that kind of mood, I I feel like these songs will be much more successful. Okay. So I think you're going to How many to do am well. I getting, Mike? Mike, what do you say? I think you're not going to remember the title for the first one. Just the guess. So I'll say two. Two That's out of three. Funny. I'm going to say two, but I think you're not going to get the second one. Okay. So we'll see how that oh, goes. Oh, man, the pressure. Okay? Yeah. Here we go. Here's your first song. Okay. Tommy used to work on the docks. Tommy used to work on the docks. Union's been on Tommy strike. Tommy used to work on the docks. Union's been on strike. Union's been on He's strike. down on his luck. Down on his luck. It's tough. It's tough. So tough. So tough. Gina works the diner Gina all day. Gina works the diner all day. Working for her man. Working for her man. She brings home she brings her pay. Home her pay. For, love. for love. For love. For love. For love. She says, we've got to hold on. She says, we've got to hold on. To what we've to got. To what we've got. It doesn't make a difference, difference if, if we you make, make it, it or, or not. not. Yeah? We've got each other. Oh, we, and that's a, a lot, lot for love. To love. Well, we'll give it a shot. Uh, uh, come on, give me that again. What What do you want? Take Which me part? right up to the chorus. I did. Do it. Just give me the couple of lines before the chorus. It doesn't make a difference, difference. if we make, make it, it or, or not. not. We've got uh, each other, and that's a we're lot. We're halfway there. Oh, living on a there prayer. There it is. Bon Jovi. I got it. <laughs> So, <laughs> Bon Jovi living on a prayer. So, who's more handsome, me or Bon Jovi? I really can't compare. I'm gonna... Who sings better? I still can't compare. There is no way. I'll to say me. Compare. Sure, I think you should. I'll say me on both of I mean, those. you definitely don't have any confidence issues. No. So that's good. You're very comfortable with yourself. So yeah. That's admirable. I've been working out. Yeah, I heard that. You know? I got it. I got it. Well, I thought you'd get this one. I'm a little concerned about the next one. There we go. All right. I got it. All right. Here we go. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Got one. I, I'm, this is the one I'm concerned about for okay. you. Okay. Me too. Just a small town girl. Just a small town girl. Living yeah. Living in a lonely world. This is, um, I tell you even who this is. Okay. Okay. This she is. She took uh, the midnight train going this anywhere. This is Steve Perry. Just a city boy. Just a city boy. Born and raised. Born and in raised South in South. Born and raised in South Detroit. He took the midnight took train. Took the going midnight anywhere. train going anywhere. A singer in a smoky room. Singer in a smoky. A smell of wine and smell cheap of wine, perfume. Cheap perfume. For a smile, they can share. For a the smile, night. they can share. It goes on and on, on and, and on. on and on. Yeah. Right. Right. Strangers waiting up Strangers and down waiting. the boulevard. Right. Their shadows searching in the night. Uh huh. Anything. Yeah. Street lights, people. Street lights. Living people. just to find emotion. Mm-hmm. Hiding somewhere in the night. Yeah. 
Is it Steve Perry? It's Steve Perry, right? He's the singer, but the band is, uh, I'll think of the band, but go ahead, keep going. Um, Take me up to the lights, lyrics. Street lights, people, people. Living just to find emotion. Take me up to the chorus. I'm trying. Hiding, you're getting aggravated somewhere in the night. Mm-hmm. Working hard to get my fill. Yeah. Everybody wants a thrill. Mm-hmm. Paying anything to roll the dice just one more time. Um, some might win, some will lose. Some are some going to bring, sing the some, blues. Sing the blues. Well, the movie never ends. It goes on, on and, and on and, and on. on and on. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it. That's all you get. That gets me to the chorus. That so then the cor- the, Listen, the title is- of the song is the next thing after on and on. Take me right up to the title. Well, that's all I have in front of me, Carl. That's the first two verses, so I don't know the exact. So that's Steve line. Perry from. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. What band is that mm-hmm. again? Um, I, I already did the chorus for you. Oh, I can go man. back to it. It's street lights, people. Street lights. That's the chorus. People. People. Living just to find emotion. Right. That's how it goes, Mike. Right. I'm kind of doing it right. Hiding somewhere in the night. Night. That's all I can give you. This was the one I thought you may not know. Ah. You're so close. Street lights. Right. People. Mm-hmm. What's the next line? Living just to Living find emotion. Living just to find emotion. Hiding High. somewhere in the night. night. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I've heard, I know it, but yeah. I can't think of that name. It's Steve Perry. Just a small town girl. See Perry, right? Living in a lonely world. She took the midnight train going anywhere. I have to be a huge fan of this song. Just a city boy. Born and raised in South Detroit. He took the midnight train going anywhere. What's the group again? Journey. Yeah, Journey. A singer in a smoky room. A smell of wine and sweet perfume. For a smile they can share the night. It goes on and on and on and on. Is it called Strangers? It don't stop believing. Uh, I, I would have never gotten it. I know. I would have never gotten it. All right. Well. All right. Okay. All well, right. I've got know, one so far. I know. I think you'll get the last one. Okay. Okay. Here we go. All right. Okay. Um. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. I bet she never had a Backstreet guy. But she she never had it. This is right. Yeah. Billy I bet jo- her mama Joel. never told her, her why. why. Yeah. She's been living in a white bread world. Right. Uh, as long as anyone with hot town blood. Girl. Here it is. Uptown girl. She's been living in a white bread. Yeah. Good stuff. Backstreet guy. Enough, told her why. Was an uptown girl. She's been living in her white bread world. As long as anyone with hot blood can. And now she's looking for a 
Good job. And you know, you know how I got it? Because um, because it's Uptown Girl well, by Billy Joel. I'm a big Billy Joel fan. Yes. But no, I happen to be watching Howard Stern interviewing Billy jo- Joel. Billy Joel oh, on, wow. Yeah. And, on what? Uh, it was on, some, I think it was on YouTube. Wow. And he was interviewing him and they were talking about this song and he said he wanted to write a song sort of like a Frankie Valley song. Okay. Right? So it was like, you know, like, with okay. the high voice, uptown girl. You know, like it was almost like a tribute to Frankie Valley. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and um, so this I, this was kind of fresh on my mind. Well, anyway, oh. I got two out of three. Well, good job. That's fun. Lisa now you'll be happy all the way home. Yeah, good job. <laughs> now, now, now you can ride home with me. Okay, fair deal. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, murder by experts on our Halloween show. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Murder by Experts came to radio in 1949. The hosts were John Dixon Carr and Brett Halliday. They were uh, famous writers, and they would take uh, incredible detective and mystery stories and dramatize them on radio and... uh, New York's best actors were in the supporting casts like Lawson Zerby and Carl Weber and Roger DeCoven. In this particular episode, Ken Lynch is the star. It's called Prescription for Murder, July 11th, 1949. Here's Murder by Experts. Murder by Experts. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents Murder by Experts with your host and narrator, Mr. John Dixon Carr, world-famous mystery novelist and author of the recently published bestseller, The Life of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. This is John Dixon Carr. Each week at this time, Murder by Experts brings you a story of crime and mystery which has been chosen for your approval by one of the world's leading detective writers. Those experts who are themselves masters of the art of murder and can hold tensity at its highest. This time, our guest expert is the noted mystery writer, Mr. Bruno Fisher, who has selected a fast-moving, realistic study of a killer at large. Written by Joseph Ruskell and Paul Monash. And now we present Kenneth Lynch in Prescription for Murder. On a Midwestern highway, a car bearing two men moves at a good speed through a dark and stormy night. The driver of the car has just turned on the car radio. Now for the local and state news. 
The giant manhunt is on tonight for escaped convict Curly Elgins, who shot his way out of the state prison at Harmon a few hours ago, killing two guards in the getaway. Roads in the vicinity of Harmon have been blocked, and search parties are combing the woods for the escaped desperado. All citizens are asked to be on the alert for Elkins, who is armed and dangerous. Elkins is six feet two, blue eyes, brown curly hair, pale complexion, with a horizontal scar on the left cheek. He was last seen wearing... Why did you turn it off, Doc? Why, I... Well, that is, the fog's bad enough without news like that distracting me. Hey, watch that wheel, Doc. Your hand's shaking. Why are you so nervous? Nervous? Well, it's, 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 it's just this, this fog. I can't see an inch ahead of me. It gives me the jitters. Oh, yeah. Say, thanks for stopping to give me a lift. Oh, that's perfectly all right. Didn't think I'd ever get a lift tonight. No one likes to take on a hitchhiker. You from these parts? In a way. You said you were going into town? Yeah. Which town? Oh, same one you're headed for. Somerset? Yeah, Somerset, that's it. <laughs> now, it's funny how you get chummy on the road and tell your life's history, huh? So you're Dr. Richard Bennett. You're going to Somerset to take over some ailing old M.D.'s practice. His daughter, too, huh? Uh, what's her name again? Marcia? Yes. Uh, what town did I pick you up at, friend? Harmon. So you've never seen Marcia or her old man, huh? Why, no. No, I haven't. Just exchanged letters with her from overseas Japan. Now here you are, coming to a strange town to take over. <laughs> Life history. It's funny the way guys open up on the road, ain't it? Now you take me. You know all about me, too, huh? No, I don't. You sure? You didn't say a word. Didn't open your mouth till now, just now, and... When what? When you turned the radio off and stared at me? I... stared at you? Yeah. Hey, watch the road, Doc. What was so interesting? Nothing. Uh, nothing at all. No, no, come on, tell me, Doc. Why did you look at me like that? Why the sudden once-over? The, the once-over? <laughs> what gave you that idea? Never mind my ideas, Doc. I'm wondering about yours. But listen, you... you suddenly got a bright idea, didn't you, Doc? You saw the light, huh? Maybe you can see this, too, this gun. Now, wait a second. Okay, Doc, just pull over to the side of the road. Come on, Doc, be smart, pull over. Oh, no. No, I'm not going to pull over. I'm going faster. It's 55 now, 60. You can't shoot me, Elkins, not now. Not while I keep it going this fast. You got this figured all wrong, Doc. I can let you have it. After all, what have I got to lose? If I get caught, it's the chair. If we go off the road, so I get killed, so what? But you, you get killed, too, Doc. And you've got a lot to lose. Now, look. I'm going to count to five, Doc. If you don't stop by then, I'm going to give it to you. One. Listen, Doc, stop the car now and you'll be okay. Two. Maybe I'll take your car, but what have I got to gain by killing you? Three, Doc. Three. I'm not stopping. Out here in the country, you'll be stranded for the night, but I don't have to shoot you, Doc. I'll get my head started. Four. I said four, Doc. Getting kind of close. How? How do I know you won't shoot me? It's your only chance. If you don't stop now, I'm surely going to let you have it. The other way, you got a chance. Ah, that's better, Doc. Now you're playing it smart. 
Okay, Doc, get out, but don't try anything. Now, look, Elkins. You have nothing to gain by... I know, Doc. I said that myself. Now, start walking into those woods. But... Don't argue with me. Get going. You still got a chance, Doc. Just trust your luck. Been pretty good so far. Got you to be a sawbones. Got your girl. Uh, this'll do, Doc. Stop here. Now he can't be seen from the road. Elkins, I was only trying to be a decent guy, giving you a ride. Sure, Doc, you're a good guy. <laughs> you're a big guy, too, just about my size. Take off your coat, Doc. We're going to change clothes. Sure, sure. Come on. Your shirt, too. Here's my coat. With a shirt. All right. Silk shirt, huh? Nice. The pants... Come on, hurry, all right, hurry. All right. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Don't bother to put my stuff on. You won't catch cold. You don't have to be modest because. Two <laughs> oh. <laughs> daughters. What do you know? <laughs> Through the clothes in the car. What a break. They're allowed to get going. Spark plugs must be wet. Come on, baby. Start stuff. Ain't somebody coming. Motorcycle cop. What's the idea? Oh, what's the matter? Your taillight's out. Want somebody to come along and smash into you? Oh, gosh, it was on last time I noticed. Headlights are okay. Uh, let me start my motor, see if that makes any difference. All right. Maybe it went on then. Uh, just a second, I'll have a look. No, switch on your brights. See if it works that way. Okay, just a second. Yeah, copper, just a second while I shift into reverse like this. Some copper. What's that? Roadblock. Might have known they wouldn't waste any time. Hey, you want to get killed? Didn't you see this roadblock? I know. Uh, sorry, officer. The fog, you know. Well, let's see your license. Jameson, you come on to the side. Okay, Red. What's the matter, officer? Is something wrong? Yeah, plenty. Some guy escaped from the state prison. Now, let's see your license. My license? You got one, ain't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's right here in my, my wallet someplace. Yeah, here it is. Let's see now. Uh, six feet two, 190, brown hair... Bennett? Dr. Richard Bennett? Huh? Oh, so you're the new doc coming to Somerset. What? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I heard old Doc Milburn's been expecting you. Doc Milburn's expecting him. The whole town's expecting him. Well, excuse us for stopping you like this, Doc. Yes, what? sir. This is a heck of a reception. Uh, practically being me mistook for an escaped convict. Well, uh, look, Red, I got an idea. Why don't we greet Doc Bennett here in style? 
You're going off duty in a few minutes anyway. Give him a motorcycle escort to Marsh's place. Hey, that's a swell now, idea. Now, wait, wait a minute. Won't I don't take want no you... for an answer, no, sir. Boy, would I like to see Marsh's face when you pull up with that siren going. Now, look, fellas, I appreciate all Skip this. Skip it, but... Doc. I'm already on the motorcycle. Come on. Let's go. Go ahead, Doc. My relief shows up in time. I'll bring up the rear. All right, that is the first portion of Murder by Experts, July 11th, 1949. Prescription for Murder, starring Kenny Lynch and hosted by the great John Dixon Carr. John Dixon Carr wrote a lot of uh, mystery and detective uh, fiction. He was one of the most successful writers of his uh, time. And um, they felt, well... Let's get him to be the host because he has this great resume. And it did it did add a lot of, uh, you know, cachet to the program. And this show was very popular, Murder by Experts. Um, it ran from just a couple of years, but while it was on the air, it did very well. It came a little late, you know, coming to radio in 1949. So that's what happened, Lisa. Good for you? Yeah. All right. We'll get back to it right after this short break. Hi, Carl Amari here. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, Suspense, and Burns and Allen, consider becoming a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows in superior sound quality, along with historical liner notes and photos of the radio stars. The 10 shows I'll send you will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. Members also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood with 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. The digital links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities whenever you'd like. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. And when you join the Classic Radio Club, there's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right. So we're listening to Murder by Experts, Lisa. And this series was written, produced, and directed by Robert A. Arthur and David Kogan. And um, they were the same two guys that wrote The Mysterious Traveler and also The Strange Dr. Weird. Also, The Sealed Book. There was a lot of... Uh, they were really, really um, prolific writers, and they were writing partners. They um, they worked together uh, for many, many years. I um, I got to work with uh, David Kogan quite a bit um, years ago when he um, he licensed me these these episodes, and then um, he also wrote um, some forewords on some some uh, Smithsonian books that I was writing, you know, for the Smithsonian Institute where we were putting out collections of these shows along with a booklet, um, and he did a forward. I think he did at least one forward for me. Great guy, super nice guy, um, very um, you know, full of all kinds of information about those days. He lived it, you know. He, right. was, he was there. Um, and these shows were all done at uh, Mutual in uh, New York. 
Um, and they were, um, they just had like an orchestra. They didn't have like a big orchestra. They just had an organ generally on these shows. Um, but this is a great series, Murder by Experts. This is a prescription for murder, July 11th, 1949, starring Ken Lynch. Here's the conclusion. Here we are, Doc. Here's the house. Well, uh, thanks a lot, officer. Uh, I'll see you later. Sure, sure, but uh, let me get Marsha first. No, hmm? no, that's all right. You just run along. I don't mind at all. Hey, Marsha! Marsha! Hello, Red. Is something wrong? Wrong? Everything's fine. Look who I got with me. Who? Him. Don't you know him? Red, I, I never saw that man before in my life. Hey, what goes? Look, you, didn't you say you was Dr. Richard Bennett? Why, yes, yes. Dr. That... Richard Bennett? Oh, Dick, can you ever forgive me? Say, what is this? <laughs> I thought you'd recognize me at first sight, Marcia, after all our letters. Oh, Dick, do come in, please. Uh, don't stand out here. Now, look, Marcia, what is Oh, it's is all going... right, Red, and thanks for showing him the way. You see, Red, we'd, we'd never really met, well... <laughs> Anyway, it's all right. I'll be... Leave it to a woman to foul things up, eh, Doc? Had me thinking you were that escaped convict or something for a minute. Oh, Red. Well, be seeing you. Goodbye, Red. Well, Dick, yeah. do come in, please. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Well, don't stand out there. Come on. You know, we'd just about given you up. It's so late, and Dad and I thought that with the fog and all over the road, well... Look, I'll call Dad. You know, I hoped you'd look like this, but I never thought... But I, I, I would have known you. Oh, I think I'd have known you too, Dick, if you'd given me one second more. Tall, serious looking. But you didn't write me that you were wounded. Wounded? Well, that scar on your cheek. Oh, oh that. Uh, well, I... Who's that? Just came in, Marcia. Uh, Dad! He's here. Who? Uh, uh, Dr. Bennett. Dr. Bennett? Well, well, at last. Hello, Dick. Don't mind my calling you that, though we've never met. Good to see you, Dr. Milburn. Uh, You must be tired and hungry. Well, I I am a little. Of course you are. I'll show you up to your room and Marsha warm up something for Dick. All right, Dad. Uh, Hurry or I'll tell Dick all about Scotty, the motorcycle cop used to keep company with. Oh, Dad. Until your male romance started, of course. Well, we can all have a nice long chat. You two can talk about those soulful letters, but <laughs> save me a moment with him, Marsha, to discuss his new patient. All right, Dad. And uh, I'd like him to see some X-ray plates I've just developed. Um, right this way, Dick. Uh, okay. Over here. Here they are, Dick. X-ray shots. Get to know your future patients inside out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I know it's late, but uh, here's one I'd like your diagnosis on. My diagnosis? We'll see if it checks with mine. Here, take it. Now hold it up to the light. Now, 
What do you make of it? What? What do I make of it? Well, uh, I'd say. I'd say. What? Dick. Huh? <laughs> you will have your little joke, eh? What do you mean? Oh, you know well enough what I mean. <laughs> You're holding that X-ray upside down. Boy, I'm hungry. Never been hungrier in my life. Do you want any more, Dick? No, no, you just take it easy. Dick, you seem so jumpy. Is there anything wrong? Wrong? No, I... Just tired and, well, you know how it is, coming into a strange town, taking over a new practice, patients I don't even know. Got me sort of phased. But that's what I always like about you, your attitude. Attitude? When things go wrong, out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, you finish it, Dick. Uh, finish it? I'd like to hear you say it. Say what? With the rest of the poem. The poem? I... I don't know it. Oh, stop kidding, Dick. It's Invictus. Yeah? Well, I still don't know it. Oh, that's strange. Why? Some people like one poem, others... Well, they don't. What's strange? Because that was your favorite poem, Dick. You quoted it to me in one of your letters. Remember? How are you feeling now, Dick? Uh... Oh, okay, I guess. I better get a good night's rest, then you can start right in tomorrow. Tomorrow? You mean start treating patients tomorrow? Oh, yes. Sooner you take over, the better. Oh, but I'm all fagged out, Doc. I, I need a rest. Oh, by tomorrow, you'll be as fresh as days. No, no. Look, I, I need a couple of days. That's all. A couple of days, and then I'll be all set. Well, uh, Dick... Let me um, get accustomed to things, and then... I'll see who it is, oh, Dad. Yes. Excuse me, Dick. Is your dad in, Marsha? Yes, Red. Oh, good Lord, what's happened? There's been an accident. Why, why, it's Scotty. Yep, he must have got run over. They found him lying on the road near his motorcycle, unconscious. Dad! Dad! Huh? Come here, quick! Uh, uh, what's happened? It's Scotty. He was run over. Oh, great heavens, bring him into my office. Easy now. Easy. All right, Doc. Yeah, All take right. it easy. Yeah. Um, put him down there. Here? Yeah, on the couch. Okay. Scotty? Oh, Scotty. Looks like hit and run, Doc. Yeah. I'm going down to headquarters and report it. Yes, Red, you do that. Uh, call me at headquarters when you're finished. Marcia, this is a... Here, Dad. Got to cut away his uniform. Scotty? Scotty, this is Marcia. Listen, Scotty. What happened? Mm, no nasal or oral hemorrhage. Good. Some... Some guy... Car parked at the side of the road. Easy now. I want to listen to your heart. How is he, Father? He'll be all right. Oh, thank goodness. Multiple contusions and abrasions. Will you have to move him to the hospital, Dad? Well, not now. First aid right now. He, he ran over me on purpose. Meant to kill me. What? I, I, I think it was escape killer. Curly Elkins. Curly Elkins? Did you get a good look at him? Scotty, describe him and we'll notify headquarters. Well... His height was about... Dr. Milburn, I'll, uh, I'll take over this oh, patient. Dick. But, uh, Dr. Bennett, I don't... Well, I, I thought you wanted to wait a few days. I know, but you were right. I, I got to begin sometime. It may as well be now. That, that, that voice. What is it, Scotty? That, that voice? Just now... Uh, oh. Lost consciousness again. What did he say? I don't know. 
something about a voice. Just leave them to me. I'll handle it. Well, um, let me explain the case. I know. Um, it's an accident case. How did you know? Well, I'm a mind reader. <laughs> Pretty obvious, isn't it? Well, um, my diagnosis... I'll make my own diagnosis. Well, all right, but uh, I'll just stay around and help. No, no help. What? No one's going to help me when you're gone, so I want to handle my very first case in this town alone. Very well. But, Dick, can I? I, I always help Father in cases no, like... No, no, Marcia. You go, too. Now, don't worry. I know he means a lot to you both. Rest easy. I'll take good care of him. Very good care of him. Well, all right. Let's go, Marcia. How do you feel, Scotty? Uh, who, who are you? Don't you know? Honest? How did you get run over? Did you get a good look at the driver? No. You sure? I, I, I want to see old Doc Milburn. Why? What do you want to tell him? You sure you can't identify that driver? No. I don't believe you. You're lying. You said that voice. What voice? What did you mean? I, I, I want to talk to Marsha and the Doc. Let me see him. I'm taking care of you, Scotty. I'm going to fix you up good right now. Scalpel ought to do the trick. No, look, take it easy, Scotty. Lie do? still, just a little no, insurance, God, see, I, to make sure you'll be it. all right. I wish he'd hurry with Scotty, Dad. There's something funny about him, isn't there? You think so too? Yes, I do. I recited a poem to him, one he had sent me, and, well, he didn't remember it. Oh, it's nothing to condemn a man for, but I don't know. Maybe we'd better check up while he's busy with Scotty. Yes, I, I can call his club in Los Angeles, get a description of him. Maybe you'd better. All right. Hello? Hello, operator? Operator? Put down oh. that phone. I said put down that phone. That's better. We don't want the police now, do we? What have you done to Scotty? Get a box for him after I'm gone. Huh? Dr. Bennett? You're not Dr. Bennett? That's right. My name is Elkins, Curly Elkins. Oh. Dr. Bennett is lying out in the woods with a bullet in his head. Oh, no. I got a bullet for each of you, too, if you make one false You're move. You're not going to get away with this, Elkins. Dad, don't. Why, you old... That was dumb of you, Doc. Never rush a guy with a gun. Now, listen to me, both of you. In case the cops return to check on Scotty's condition, you won't let him in the door. Scotty was fixed up, see, and went away for a rest. If either of you say one word out of turn, you're going to get it. What do you want from us? Why don't you leave? Uh, 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 I'm staying right here, sister, right in this house until the heat's off. Remember this. I just as soon kill you as look at you. I'm staying put. You're going to cover for me. Because if you don't, if you or your old man try anything or give me away, it's curtains for both of you. Now, how does that sound? Convincing? Well, 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 that wasn't such a bad night now, was it? Cozy, just the three of us. <laughs> a lot better than the pen, huh? You can't keep this up forever, Elkins. Someone's sure to find out. And then... Then it's flowers for you. Yeah, and for your Marsha, too. Get up, Doc. 
I don't like to see you always laying around, see? He can't get up. You hurt his back when you hit him with your gun. But we'll get even with you, Elkins. You can't keep us prisoners forever. One of us will find a way. You can't always stay up chain-smoking. You've got to go to sleep sometime. Yeah, sure I do, sis. But when I do, I'll take your old man into the room with me and tie him up. Then I'll lock the door and sleep with a gun under my pillow. If anyone tries to get into that room... You've got it all figured out, haven't you, Elkins? But what are you going to do in a couple of hours when my patients come in? <laughs> I thought of that too, Doc. You'll tell them all you got kind of crippled falling down the stairs, see, and you'll send them away. But you won't let out one peep because all the time I'll be upstairs with Marcia. She'll stay alive as long as you play ball, Doc. That's just how long, no more. What's taking us so long? Hurry up with that coffee. It's not boiled yet, Elkins. What's taking you so long? You're growing it? Gotta have a swallow of java, you hear? Marsh is bringing it. What's the matter? Why are you so jumpy? Why are your eyes so bloodshot? Shut up. Look at your hands, trembling. What is it? Conscience? I doubt Shut it. Shut up, Doc. Clam up, you hear? Nerves? What are you afraid of? You've got the gun in your hand. Clam up, I say, or I'll... Let's see who's jumpy. As soon as I've had my coffee, just wait. Gonna be glad to get rid of me, hey, Doc? Half an hour, it'll be dark, and I'm scramming out of here. You'll feel good about that, eh, Sawbones? I can't say I'll be sorry. <laughs> you hear that, Marcia? He thinks I'm going off and leave you two here to blow the whistle on me. He thinks I'm fool enough to do that. What's he take me for, a dope? Elkins, no. Good heavens, man, surely you won't. Elkins, do anything you want to me, but Marsha... She's deaf and dumb. She can't talk to the cops. I promise we won't. We won't breathe a word. Not a word. I beg you. <laughs> Ask me, Doc. Ask me right. Who knows? Come on with that job. Coming. You like it hot, don't you? Give it here. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I won't, Doc. Maybe I'll kiss you both goodbye. Or maybe two bullets will do it. <laughs> Can't be sure, can you? Give you kind of a funny feeling, huh? Drink your coffee. Who's nervous now, huh? Don't know if you're alive or dead in a few minutes from now. Ain't that something? Drink your coffee, Elkins. Why? Why what? Why are you so anxious for me to drink this cup of coffee? You wanted it, didn't you? Is it good? I hope so. You hope so, huh? You hope maybe a few drops of poison will do the trick and get rid of me, What huh? are you talking about? You wouldn't try a little thing like that now, would you, to save your own neck? Here, you drink it. Me? Yeah, you drink it. Drink it, I say. Take a few swallows. Very well. Why not? For the silly things. Give it here. There. Are you satisfied now? Okay. Wasn't taking any chances. Give me that coffee now. Dad? Dad? Hmm? BCD. BCD. C2SO4. Quick. What's all that? What was that double talk? Double talk, Elkins? Come on, spill it. What was it all about? Where'd she run off to? 
He's gone to the next room, to the dispensary. What for? To get a drink. Drink? Of what? Of a certain liquid. What? What for? What is this? Tell me, you scheming old devil, or I'll kill you right now. What did she ask you? What did you answer? What? My daughter just asked me the antidote for poison. I gave it to her. Antidote? Poison? That poison coffee you both just drank, Elkins. It will take exactly 60 seconds to kill you. 60 seconds? Now, now. Marsha. Marsha. Yes, Elkins? I... May I help you? I... Do you want something in this laboratory? Antidote, a swallow. Oh, yes, I took some myself. I, I'm quite well now, thank you. Give, give it to me. Where is it? No, isn't it a pity? I forget. Where, where is it? What bottle? Police bottles. Which one? Which... Doc, Doc, tell me. Tell me which one. My, my inside's burning. Which one? C2SO4. What's that? The antidote. C what? But the full name's on the bottle. What's it mean? What's the name? You're a doctor, aren't you? Doc, Doc. Surely you weren't merely posing. Give me a break. Any doctor would know, Dr. Bennett. Get it for me. It hurts. Get it. I'd be glad to, Dr. Bennett, if you hadn't crippled me. But I can't move. I must lie on this couch, perhaps, for life. Or else I'd get the bottle for you and save you. antidote to death. And so the curtain falls on prescription for murder, which was chosen by guest expert Bruno Fisher, whose latest thriller, The Restless Hands, will soon be published. Next week at this time, Murder by Experts brings you the story of an invisible menace which terrorizes a whole city. Selected for your approval by the noted mystery writer, Mr. Lawrence Blockman. Until then, this is your host, John Dixon Carr, hoping you'll be with us again next week at this time. Prescription for Murder was written by Joseph Ruskell and Paul Monash. In the cast were Kenny Lynch, Kathy McGregor, Roger DeCoven, Bernie Grant, and Jack Curtis. Music is under the direction of Emerson Buckley, composed by Richard DuPage. Murder by Experts is produced and directed by Robert A. Arthur and David Cogan. All characters in our story were fictitious. Any resemblance to the names of actual persons was purely coincidental. This is Phil Tonkin speaking. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. And next week... We'll have another great mystery for you. And this is John Dixon Carr, hoping that you will be with us again next week. Right, Lisa? I think that's a, a real improvement for you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm going to start doing the show like that. You sound very, I don't know. This is John Dixon classy. Carr, and I hope you will be with us again next week. Yeah, it huh? sounds it's great. It's only, uh, I think you should maybe go with that. I like doing impressions. I'm not that great at them. Really? But I just but enjoy were. it. But I enjoy it. I mean, the, you posted a video of me singing, 
uh, again, unauthorized. Right, Uptown Girl, but it was just maybe 30 seconds, and I just... Um, it was that good. Really? Yeah, it was that well, good. I so am good. Let everyone enjoy your uh, dulcet tones. Good. Make sure say. when you do check out these videos, folks, do us a big favor. We're really close to 3,000 Facebook uh, likes. So it'd be fun to get to uh, over 3,000. We're right. like 29-something. Right. So when you get there and you, you check this like out, us. yeah, like us. Um, we uh, You can watch our videos at um, Facebook and search Hollywood 360 Radio. Time for this month in music history. And this is our final Halloween-related song. Here you go. What is it? What's the title? Um, this is, uh, um... Who's singing? Burn in flame. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's coming right now. Abracadabra. Steve Miller Band, oh, written yeah. by Steve Miller. Yeah. And it was released in 1982. And it was number one in the Billboard yeah, charts. Yeah, it's a big tune. Huge. Abracadabra. Abracadabra. <laughs> that's all we know. <laughs> uh, thanks, Lisa. Thanks, sir. All right, more of Hollywood 360 in a moment. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Well, next time on Hollywood 360, it's Arch Obler's Plays, You Bet Your Life, The Craft Music Hall, The Adventures of Sam Spade Detective, and Whitehall 1212. Be sure to visit our official website at Hollywood360radio.com. From my co-host, Lisa Wolf, our executive producer, Mike Costella, and my crabby brother, Vince Amari, this is Carl Amari saying, stay safe out there. Hey, happy Halloween. And, uh, you know, get out there and trick-or-treat a little bit. Right, Lisa? Right, get some good candy. All right, thanks for listening, everyone.